Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Funny Thing About Yoga. It's me, Bradshaw. I'm here with Gianna. Hello. hello. And we're also here with our friend, Emma. Hi. I've already uh, laughed my ass off, and my cheeks are already burning, so I'm <laughs> I know. We, have, we had a, and we you know, haven't a pre-combo. <laughs> yeah. So this is a little different because usually we intro before inviting our guests on, but we know Emma pretty well, and we're just going to keep it casual for all of you listening. Emma is a friend that we met through, again, Jason Crandall's training. I feel like a lot of the guests we have on here have been connections we've made through that 300-hour program. And currently, Emma is living in Denver, Colorado, was previously teaching in Tulsa, and we, I, I, if you have been following me, which I'm not sure which percentage of listeners just follow me, you may have seen Emma from doing retreats together. Her and I have run a couple of retreats in Colorado. And, you know, I also do retreats with Bradshaw, of course, and Kaya Yoga School. So I feel like right now we're like kitchen table poly. <laughs> Can I Gianna, say that? I just don't know if you, I love you, but I don't think you could ever be poly. Oh no, 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 no. I really, you, you I, would be like, no, you'd be like, I can just imagine you like, you would wake up in the middle of the night and like, you'd be staring at your partner. You'd be like, are you, are you talking to our secondary more than me? Yeah. Like, I'd I literally be like, tell me, am I number one or number two? Be like, when you guys have sex, do you think about me? <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not made for, a, you're not even made for an open relationship. Never mind. No, poly no relationship. way. No, 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 no. We've talked about <laughs> how much I overthink in the mental health episode. We don't need to go over this. It's not for me. I overthink too, but I guess Wait, not about But you're that. Polly? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity employer on all fronts. And there's no way I could have one partner for the rest of my life. That is for sure. When someone's like, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have sex with one person for the rest of my life. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> See, we haven't I mean, I guess started, people but... can do it, but like, I mean, think about for... it. We're already deep in a tangent. I'm like, oh. No, it's literally when like, you know, when like someone's like, our marriage isn't going well, I'm going to have a child. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good idea. You should maybe work on yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're not talking about Polly. Oh, just so everyone knows, Emma's Polly. She has 17 partners (laughs) and they all live in Denver in one house. And that's actually what this episode is (laughs) about. Yeah, you know, I had to move somewhere that, you know, accepted my, you know, very, very your lifestyle. lifestyle, you know, <laughs> Tulsa was not cutting it. It was too small for me. You know, like, yeah. I didn't need all of my partners knowing each other and 
no, my God, no. I couldn't even get a cup of coffee without running into one into of my a partners. partner. I know yeah. that's why you live in Denver, God. so you can be you can separate your partners by mountains. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? I just hop from one mountain to the next. Like a lot of people, they go on a mountain trip and they go from summit to summit. I just go summit to summit to partner to partner. Yeah, to they partner to partner, on. and it's like you know, yeah, down, and then you like you have like you have a partner on the bottom of the mountain, and then you get to the peak, and there's another partner, and then you get to the yeah. bottom, and there's another partner. Oh my I've god. Got, I've got to have it in the good times and the bad times. A hundred percent. Literally yeah. crying. Why is this the intro <laughs> so, to this? Episode? So stupid. <laughs> this was a terrible idea. <laughs> I know. Ooh, okay. I can't. Okay, well, but, um, let's get back on track. Emma, we know- I want to okay. I want on, Emma to introduce herself. Well, that's what I was going to say. We know okay, you from Jason's. You do it, you do it. We know you from Jason's Crandall. Crandall. We know you from Jason's <laughs> Crandall. <laughs> We know you from training. Let's just let's not give Jason all the clout. We know you from a random training in San Francisco. Uh, we know that you lived in Tulsa, but you've made a move to Denver. And what is what is your kind of teaching life look like right now? Yeah, um, my teaching life looks a lot differently than I expected it to. Um, thank you, pandemic. Um, so I moved here um, in 2021 to Denver and I was teaching, I let go of all of my in-studio classes, which at that time, I mean, things were just kind of starting to come back. So I was able to be online um, pretty consistently like through the pandemic. And so I moved here and was able to like be on top of that, doing that, um, and then started like dabbling in some other things, the thoughts of like, you know, a 200 hour and running something like that, LOL, that crushed and burned, um, and then getting into yoga retreats, again, something I didn't think that I'd get into, so Gianna and I have done a couple of those together, um, and then I found this market for like corporate yoga, not corporate as in like the franchisee box kind of that kind of stuff. But corporate is in like, I go downtown, I give like a business, a lunchtime yoga flow or something for 45 minutes, that kind of stuff. Um, and I actually super duper love that. That is not something that I did much of in Tulsa, but I think being in a larger city and having a market for that, I kind of made a connection um, within my first few months here. And then that just kind of like grew and grew and grew. Um, and then the network for that is, I mean, specifically in Denver, there's just a lot of businesses that are very aware of how active um, their employees are. And, you know, mental health is important. Um, and I think the more we walk through life, the more we're seeing that and the more it's being talked about. And I'm glad that it's in like the business world and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so that's primarily what I'm doing now. And I'm actually super loving it because selfishly, um, it's a lot of like people who have never practiced yoga before. So I get mm. these like 65 year old men with like really tight hips because they've been sitting at their desk job for 20, 40 years or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, let's do a forward fold. And I love it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also, if you live, it's the times of people being, more health conscious and focused on their mental health. And you also live in Denver and I, Denver is like a very, from what I know and time I've spent there, a very active part of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, like people hike, they ski, they're outside. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's Chicago. Yeah, no, people like in Chicago, I think Chicago, the yoga scene's pretty fitnessy. We've talked mm -hmm. about that a lot, but 
the Midwest, we like hibernate and drink all, well, I shouldn't say we, but that's a lot of the Midwest culture. Yeah. It's like a lot of bar culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think coming from Tulsa too, um, it's not Chicago, but it, it definitely has more of that vibe. Um, and it's not uncommon. It is not uncommon whatsoever to have practitioners that also have exercised two other hours in the day that day. And Mm -hmm. yoga is like their cool down. Like I was the crazy person in Tulsa that I took a yoga class and went on a run in the same day. And here it's like, uh, step it up. That's all you've done. No, I'm just kidding. But it's Denver's really nice because it's very accessible to the mountains. So like, it's not crazy that I can like teach a a 9am class and have a 5pm class to teach and I'll like head up to the mountains really quick and do like a quick hike and like come back down. And I mm. love that for me. Yeah. I yeah. Love of it. course. That's very UG. <laughs> That's something that I value too, but it's so different in Chicago. Like bet- those weird times between classes, I'm like, Hmm, what do I do with myself now? I guess I'll go home or I'll just stick around and do my own flow or something. But outside of the, cause just cause I know, I, you know, know what you've done since you've moved to Denver and you weren't always teaching these, uh, like corporate client classes, you did teach at a couple corporate chained yoga places. And mm-hmm. I want to know what your experience was like with that. And like, also just in general, like describe the yoga scene in Denver. Yeah. I think that kind of is a two-part thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that question a lot. I thought that the yoga studio scene in Denver was going to be a lot different than what it actually is. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am very disappointed um, with the yoga scene here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned that a big box kind of Cheney studio originated here. So you've got 20 plus of those happening. Mm-hmm. And then I you see must have a lot of core powers, right? Because isn't core power from oh. <laughs> the name job. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't, well, I mean, like we never worked. You, you never, worked you don't power, work do you? at core power. You no, but I do. There. Yeah. I do think it's yeah. good to note that it's from there, it, but it, it is yeah. from Denver. Isn't it? So are there a lot of core powers there? Yeah, yeah. So I want to say that there's there's like 20 something like in the city or like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I mean, Bradshaw, I have to be honest with you, the thing that stands out to me the most from meeting you is you being the person in training (laughs) in between the classes. And I just remember people would come over and talk to you. And I remember you saying very loudly one time, oh, core power. It's like the Starbucks of yoga. And I thought, that is such (laughs) a Like, and that's like the very first like Bradshaw moment that I remember is Bradshaw (laughs) saying like, yeah, it's like consistent, but it's like, you know, Starbucks, like, you know what you're going to get and like, yeah, yeah, not to knock it, you know, whatever that like works for. I mean, it's a franchise. Yeah. So like it has yeah. to be consistent. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not, that yeah, just yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what you're getting yourself into. And mm-hmm. like, when you travel, then you like, know, like, okay, well, I know what I'm walking into kind of thing. So that works, but yeah. So it originated here. So with that being said, then you've got all of these other studios that are trying to compete and then they're franchising out and becoming more and more corporate in that sense. And so you've got all of these studios paying well below what they should be paying. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it costs it right now. I'm like looking for a new apartment and I'm like, you know, it's $1,500 a month for a one bedroom apartment. Like that's not cheap. That's not like Tulsa prices, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yet they're paying less than yoga studios were in Tulsa. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And that is crazy. 
it made me, I think coming here and then it was really sad because I used to travel to Denver all the time before the pandemic. And I would, I would practice at these studios and these local studios. And then quite a few of them shut down through the mm. pandemic, as we all know. And that was really, really sad. Um, some of them survived, but they're just so different or they have different owners or they can't pay the same amount. Um, there's just a lot less options. And then I think when when people started practicing more out of their homes, I think then this idea of the franchisee stuff, they had more capital to like start back up. So that's where people started taking classes. And then mm. you've got them pumping out their 200 hour trainings left and right and left and right. And so then you've got all of these brand new yoga teachers, you know, 200 hours that will teach for 25, $30 a class or whatever. And I'm mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? Like yesterday, mm -hmm. I, I was in connection with someone. And so like, I had a call with them just to see like, okay, like, let's see if I can, you know, come on to their schedule or whatever. And they told me the pay was $35. And I literally said, thank you so much. Like, thank you for your seven minutes that we've mm -hmm. chatted. I don't want to take any more of your time. That is yeah. well below like what's going to work for me. Like yeah. if mm -hmm. I know that it's going to cost me $1,500 a month, like what am I doing? Breaking mm -hmm. my back, you know, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Literally teaching 25 classes a week. And like, I've been there and maybe I'll be there again at some, you know, it ebbs and it flows at different times. Like I'm mm -hmm. grateful for like all of the opportunities under the umbrella of teaching yoga. But like right now I'm also really grateful that I've been able to dial back from, you know, teaching 24 classes a week mm -hmm. to teaching you know, 14, because I've got more corporate clients, you know, mm -hmm. downtown through the mm -hmm. businesses and stuff like that. So to come back to your question of the, the yoga kind of scene studio wise in Denver, I think it's really sad because, and also can we just add drop-ins are like $30 at these places, yet the teachers are being paid 25, 30, $35. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just God awful. And so you've got all of those places and then the local studios that couldn't reopen, you know, due to their finances and that kind of stuff. Um, and so you have very, very few local studios. I'm also surprised the amount of 500 hour teachers in this town. I mean, it's surprising, but it's also not surprising because if you've got core power kind of running the scene, pumping out 200 hour teachers and they'll just say yes to anything and everything, why does it incentivize someone to go and spend time and money becoming certified 500 hour, you know, when mm -hmm. they're not going to be paid, you know? So in, you're saying there's not a lot of 500 hour people in Denver? No. Yeah, There's not. Cool. Then you then you also then for you as a teacher to go take I mean this is going to sound judgmental but whatever. Um for you <laughs> to go and take like the quality of the teaching if like there's so many new teachers you probably don't have teachers you don't it's like not a teacher's teacher's place like you go to san yeah. francisco there's so many teachers who have been teaching for so many years yeah. a, a place like denver like you know people that have been teaching for a while are not going to do it for 25 dollars a class so all the good teachers aren't teaching public classes yeah exactly and that's where i'm finding myself is to where then it's like i'm practicing on glow and like and that kind of stuff because i'm just like this is so sad to me like i left yeah. like i left this smaller town of tulsa and i didn't even realize until after being here for quite a bit of time like 
how grateful I was. Like I taught in studio, making the amount that I can make here and teaching and being paid well, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was being paid by these local studios, even through COVID. And after that, like once it was coming down to like per head, I'd make, you know, a hundred dollars a class yet. I come to Denver and it's like, Oh, but now we want you to do it in a hundred degree room and like mm-hmm. throw the lights on, make sure that you're like a certified DJ as well. Yeah. And yeah. Around and skip yeah, around, yeah, throw yeah, some that. burpees in there and it's $25 <laughs> that you're going to be paid, but also you're paying double the amount in rent. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? You know, That's... it's just, yeah. That's have you lot. been able to still survive though with these corporate clients? Is that why you're able to kind of like keep yeah. the ball rolling? Yeah, definitely. There's no way. I mean, I would, I would have to teach 25, 30, like, is there anyone doing that down there? Is there anyone like teaching full time? Um, very, very few people, very, very few people. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I'd imagine that'd be so hard. So like what you're doing is the whole cliched saying of like working smarter, not harder. Like you Mm kind of have to find those loopholes to make it sustainable. Well, yeah. And I just got, I kind of just got to that point in person in Denver to where, I mean, Gianna, you and I have had multiple conversations and you know, you know, cause we check in with each other really often. Um, just kind of my journey with being here over the past mm-hmm. almost two years. And like, it's just looks so different, but I really am just currently at this place where I feel like I can afford my lifestyle here. I'm not physically breaking my back over it. I feel, Mm -hmm. um, Bradshaw, I loved the episode that you all did several weeks ago. And you were talking about like burnt out with teachers and something that was a big indication was like, if you came home and like, I call it like, I go home and I need to melt into the couch. But like, Mm -hmm. if you come home and like with your partner, like my partner at the time, like, it was wild. Now looking back, I was like, if I couldn't even have a conversation on the couch at the end of the day with my partner, like I was clearly like breaking my back a bit too much, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's also like, I love what I do. I'm extremely passionate about it. I would love to do this forever and ever and ever, but also we need to be paid adequately for the work that we do. And quite frankly, I mean, the, the core power scene is just, it's not, it's not creating an environment, um, in a city that's a large in a city mm. that, you know, population wise, like a large city, a city that, I mean, I don't know anyone who, you know, hasn't like heard of yoga before here, you know, like lots yeah. of yeah. people are, they're so active here. They use yoga as like the balancing thing to the mountain biking or mm-hmm. the hiking or the trail running, or, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's got their own kind of sport that they're like passionate about. And also something that I love here is like that the business world, the corporate world, it is more encouraging of people taking that time. Like there is ski season, mm-hmm. like you can't get downtown Denver to like be awake on a Monday and a Friday. Like no one's coming into the office on a Friday. Like no one's coming in. Everyone's up at the mountain kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would, but you would think since it is such an active city that's focusing on their physical well-being and their mental well-being that they would have, they would have more than the, than these corporate chain yoga studios. Yeah. Well, it's they kinda, it's, couldn't survive is what she was yeah. saying. But yeah, I think there's a lot of, shame that yoga teachers might have in asking for what they deserve because 
I don't know if you guys had this in your 200 hour or the studio where you were practicing before you became a yoga teacher, but like almost like you're of service to people to a fault almost like, like yoga is a service. And so, because it's like a, a service, does that mean you're not paid? Like it's, you're supposed to just like no. give freely, like all these, I don't know, at least the studio where I was at, they have like karma programs and they expect you to teach an X number of classes for free before you could actually get on the schedule. Like there, it's like almost a conditioning Mm-hmm. of just giving away this service for free. And there becomes like a, a I, I don't know, like an inherent shame in asking to be paid well, at least that's kind of how I was conditioned at the very beginning of my teaching career. That one, I'm proud of you, Emma, for saying like, I don't want to take any more of your time and like kind of just ending that phone call. But two, like, how do we release that, that like, I don't, that, that, I don't know if shame is necessarily the only word, but how do we release those thoughts around, around, um, just asking for what we deserve? I think that also like we've, we've talked about this, Gianna, but I think it also has a lot to do with the female presenting person. Like, yes, I think that it has a lot to do with that. I agree. And the majority of yoga teachers are typically female presenting people. So mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, I think it's it a bigger, I think, it, but I also think it's like, it's, it's an umbrella issue. I, I don't think it's an issue that you're just seeing in yoga. I, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying when you're like, oh, this is like a service. Um, but it's a service that people have been paying for forever. I mean, remember like when Jason said that he's like, people have always paid for yoga. Like people have always yeah. paid to take yoga classes. Um, so I yes, don't, which I, I don't feel that good way. in as for, as us, as business owners, because all of us do operate independent, you know, ventures away from the yoga studio thing. It's good for us to know so we could advocate for ourselves and like charge the prices that we deserve in privates and for corporate clients and all of that. But when it comes to negotiating your rate with a yoga studio, that's where I think that comes in of like the, the being like bashful to like ask for the number that you want. Like there's always, like Emma said, there's always someone who's going to be willing to do it for like $25. People know that it's not going to be quality. (laughs) I shouldn't say it's not going to be quality. It might not, it might be a newer teacher. There are great newer teachers, but it's not going to be your long-term 500 hour experience, you know, 10 plus year teacher. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, yeah. Any, experienced teacher who's doing this full time when Mm -hmm. you are looking for jobs, like say your number. Yeah. Yeah. Never never been an issue of mine. Yeah, I know. And Brad has been really, really helpful for me as well to be like, no, you need to get paid more. But I will say, I don't think I've said this on any of the episodes of anywhere that I've ever taught with Bradshaw. He's always gotten paid more than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is that. Maybe that is maybe that is a gender thing, or maybe it's an experience thing. Because you've been teaching like two years more than me. I don't know. But I also was. I mean, I've been teaching longer than you, and then I've been ta- like around the city for much longer than you, mm-hmm. teaching around the city. Well, I don't know. I mean, definitely, I think there should be definitely be some bias there for sure. I've actually thought like, the, and this is something I haven't really said out loud. I've talked to Gianna a little bit more about this, but like, 
I'm probably, yes, I'm at a higher pay rate than most yoga teachers. And like, I still feel like I have to teach at least 15 classes a week to like mm, yeah. have my lifestyle be what I want it to be at least, at least 15. Yeah. And I'm like literally at this point where I like every in the past couple of months, I've been like, again, I love teaching yoga, but I don't, I don't like, there's no, I don't, there's no like, okay, in two years, I'm going to be making $150 a class and four or five years, I'm making $200 a class. Like there's not that like, you know, like there's not that much job, growth. Yeah. There's not that much growth. And I'm just, I'm literally thinking like, okay, how long can I do this for? Yeah. 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 You know, cause I just, I just don't, I literally don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if I, cause I've, I have asked, I always ask for raises at least once a year, every couple of years. And like the, the majority of my jobs is that you're at the highest rate here. Like we, yeah. we can't give you more. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, if you can't give me more, I can't do this anymore. I mean, that is really yeah. something that I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, where like, maybe I could move into teaching a couple times a week. It's just that like, I also ride my bike everywhere. So it's just like, I have a passion for what I'm doing, but at what cost? Yeah. 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 And Bradshaw, I've heard that, I mean, several times and to kind of lead back to what we kind of started this little part with, um, I think I, I'm really grateful for who I did my 200 hour with. She trained under dice, but she was full-time in Tulsa for five years before Mm -hmm. she started the two, like her 200 hour. And so I think she kind of knew from that standpoint, what she was getting herself into. She also Mm -hmm. had a business degree on top of that. And I think with her doing it full time and who she was, she kind of ingrained in all of us, the 19 people that were in that cohort. Um, she ingrained in us, like you are going to be approached by studios to do the karmic way and that kind of stuff. And she's like, you should be paid for what you do. This is an energetic thing, but you should be, you know? And so I think having that, and also I think there was something different for me. Like I, I can think of people in my 200 hour that maybe had different goals with teaching halfway through Mm -hmm. my 200 hour. I decided I was like, Oh, I'm going to teach yoga. I'm not just like doing this because Mm -hmm. I'm not just doing this training anymore because I like it. Like I feel down to my bones that I should be like teaching yoga. And I think my personality type, and I also was coming from having a business degree. So that was helpful. And I had been, you know, in the business world and worked in that way. And I had negotiated my salary in the past in, in past Mm -hmm. jobs and past career things. So I think having that under my belt, it didn't feel as nerve wracking versus if I were 21, 22 years old, and like, this was my first thing or whatever. And I'm trying to navigate like how to negotiate pay. And let's say I would have gone to like a different 200 hour that was a bit more into like, Oh, just, you know, kind of go with it. And it's not Mm -hmm. as focused on the business aspect of it and Mm -hmm. not to like, not to like plug Kaya too much, but I mean, I have to give props to you all because I think both of you, because you have the experience of teaching full-time in a city, that's not like you know, it's more expensive to live in Chicago. And so I think having that under your belt and having that experience and teaching full time there, I feel like the people that have come to your training, like I've sent people your way. I do that because I wholeheartedly believe in like what you all are teaching. And it's, I think with all three of us, it's very much well known that like 
we're not willing to like quote work for free. Like we value, we Mm -hmm. value this practice. This practice has changed all of our lives in different ways and has brought so much to us. And I feel like it's probably a large reason why we are the people that we are and the individuals that we are today. Um, And we can hold space for that. And also like at the end of the day, we got to pay our bills, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. But then, but then to lead back to what Bradshaw was saying, like, I have found myself several times, especially I think moving to Denver and having to quote, Mm. restart the whole like in-person thing. I am having more and more conversation where they're saying, well, Emma, you're, you're the top paid here. You're the top paid here. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. And that's still not enough. That's not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, Emma, but like that is also a reason that I in some ways can feel stuck because I'm like, OK, if I ever wanted to move somewhere, right, mm-hmm. say I want to and I don't I don't I like I love being in Chicago, but I'm saying like in, I don't know, 10 years or something, five years, two years, who knows, life changes. And I'm like, OK, I want to move to Oregon or whatever. And I did that. And then I would have to start from scratch, even though I've been teaching for, you know, like 15 years or at that time, like 20 years. Does that mean that I have to start at the fucking 40, $40 pay rate? And it does, unless I was like, unless there's very few people and it's like, it's like a very tiny percent, maybe like 0.5% are the Dyson's, you know, Dice Jason Crandall's of the world where like they have a big, you know, a thumbprint on the market, which is good for them. They've worked very hard to get there. You know, there's no judgment there. I'm just saying to get to that kind of level where you're actually making a really substantial amount of money and living is like, takes a lot of work. And I also think sometimes it's just luck. Well, yeah. I, I mean, as someone who did just leave Chicago and move, I just want to say when I left Chicago for San Francisco, I thought kind of what you were talking about, Emma, with like the pay being higher in a place where the cost of living is higher. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected that in San Francisco and it wasn't. But mm-hmm. the good thing is like I was I was used to getting paid a certain amount in Chicago and in San Francisco, the places that I got work at were paying me exactly the same. However, for reference, my rent in Chicago was 1600 and my rent in San Francisco was like 2700. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not apples to apples. I was and I had the same kind of thought process of like, oh, well, oh my god, how many classes do I need to teach here to make mm-hmm. this work? And not only that, but I, I've done that I've done that for so fucking long. Like mm-hmm. the, like how many classes, like, oh, I could take up classes, but like, like to the point where I did have like a, a fucking mental breakdown. Like yeah. I was like teaching 20, 25 classes a week, like a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. And I was, we were able, Gian and I, and through Kaya and through online, were you know, able to survive uh, COVID in some ways. It was more financially successful for at least the first six months of COVID. Mm-hmm. But like, it does become a grind where it's just like, I don't know how people do this for, and I've done it for yeah. almost a decade. And if there yeah. are you know. yoga teachers listening to this that are currently in the grind, I think all three of us could kind of talk about, you know, the ways in which we kind of sustain ourselves without having to do the 20 plus classes a week anymore. And like Emma was talking about teaching at corporate places, corporate. again, not your franchisee stuff, but like your big businesses, if you're in a place where that's available, it's a really great way to supplement your income. And just like a little secret here, 
I, well, I don't know how secret this is, but I don't think people know how much they can charge for that. And because I was bringing up, I do, I know. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I, I like, I want people to know because I want well, all of us who are dedicated to teaching yoga to like get if paid you're, and get paid well. And I just want to release any like stigma about talking about money. I'll just give you the 411. I like, I'm not gatekeeping. If you're teaching a corporate client once a week, let's say I've taught uh, at PayPal for a while, um, big like corporations like that. Number one, they're ordering 200 pizzas every day, which is thousands <laughs> of dollars in pizza. So consider that. Yeah. I would charge, I would charge more now, but like five years ago, $175 for that class. That's good. Yeah, obviously you have class. to know your, your town. Like if you're in a smaller town, you don't have these mm -hmm. bigger companies like PayPal or Google or whatever it is. You kind of have to Google does not. Yeah. You have to scale it, but yes, you should be charging like triple what you make in studio. What, <laughs> what is also fucked up though, is like, so now at these big corporations and all of them, at least in, I'll speak for Chicago. I don't know about you, but like they'll have gyms within their facilities. Like Google has a gym. Yeah. I mean, facilities. I've worked so they, for those. I, yeah. So then they go out and they get, so like you're teaching at Google, but not using the corporate money of Google, the money of the gym. So the totally. gym is getting a cut and then you're getting yeah. a cut of that cut. So they're making $175 and you're making $50 to teach at Google. Fuck off. You're like literally telling my story. I used to teach at, I used to teach at Google and get paid $50, but I was really teaching so for um, the company that brokered is what I'll call them, the fitness yeah. classes, but they will pay you maybe 65 most. Mm -hmm. But also they're probably making at least 300 off of that. Yeah, it's just I mean, it's tough. Like one of my clients is a property management company for like bigger businesses. And so I realize that like I'm getting a cut of what they're making. But mm -hmm. I think it's like, well, it's still paying me more than a studio is going to pay me. So for sure. I mean, if the cuts if the cuts like good, then it's a cut like, you know, they're getting yeah. money. It's like, OK, we're both being taken care of. Great. Awesome. Yeah. And, it's yeah. Like, and if you're, yeah. you're not into like negotiate or like finding these contracts and doing the negotiations yourself, sometimes it's worth it to be like, yeah, I'll take this from the middleman. Like you do all of that. Yeah. And I, I think too, go, Oh, I think no, too, it's like building it. No, you, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's building. I found that like, I can build a network from that, um, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff, but you, you have to a little bit be careful. You got to like read. Yeah. Especially, especially if you sign like a non-compete, a lot of those buildings have had mm -hmm. me sign non-compete agreements, which means that I can't take business from there, that place. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I, I think there <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not a professional like lawyer. I shouldn't be advising this, but there are loopholes to that. Like if it's not like you're going to go into that building and start contracting your own thing. Mm -hmm. Like if someone wants to hire you privately for, you know, privates at their home or at a studio, that's, I don't think that's seen as yeah. competing. If I am wrong and you're a lawyer listening to this, please let me know, <laughs> write us. <laughs> I can, I can write my business lawyer who is, uh, unfortunately <laughs> I've had many of, uh, many of Congo's with him over the past few years. <laughs> this this kind of leads me to um other ways that we have you know operated business independent businesses for ourselves is both with teacher trainings and retreats. And they're different 
but they are, they're different in that if you're leading a 200 hour, it is so much freaking work. Like you have to actually teach 200 hours and then you have to put in all of that time establishing the program and promoting and, and everything. So there's so much that goes into that. And Bradshaw and I spoke about this. Um, like we don't pump out trainings. Like we're really intentional about when or where or why we're doing one, but it is, we, we would be silly to deny that you make more from leading that than you do, you know, teaching X number of classes in a month. Yeah. But you do, but if you break down the actual hours you're putting in, it's not that much more. Exactly. It's not. And I, I think that's like, it's it, a twofold. Like I kind of want to debunk it, but also say yeah. it is you're creating you can make good another, money, but it's a lot of work. You're creating literally you're, an you're, entire nut job. You know what I think it is on an entire nother job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do all of the work. Bradshaw shows up and teaches, uh, he's supposed uh, to teach 50%. I teach a lecture for 15 minutes, but he teaches like 25% of his 50%. <laughs> I'm like the Yamas and Yamas. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I sit back. Let me think. Well, here's the thing we're debunking. It's not, you're not going to get rich, famous and find all the glory, but you are creating another revenue stream. That's what I yes, mean. And I, and I think that like the, you know, the revenue stream too for yoga retreats is really, it, you know, can be substantial, but that's also a ton of work. I think that and like, so, so these things where and it's, it's a, a ton risk. of work. And and it's I mean, we risk. could be honest, we've experienced those risks. We've expected to, I mean, like, I think it's important to talk about this, Gianna. Like we've yeah. tried to do retreats. They didn't sell out. We lost money on them. Mm-hmm. Like we, then we'll be like, this retreat's not going to do well. And then it completely sells out in two weeks. And you're like, how did this sell out so quickly? Like you, we're still trying to figure out the method to the madness. It's very challenging, yeah. but yeah. it can be lucrative, but it's also a gamble. Um, and I would also like to say for teachers listening to this, when you are like, if you're like, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a full-time yoga teacher. We're telling you this stuff not to be negative. This is the reality of the job. Yeah. We mm-hmm. all love what we do. We all love what we do. Like, every job has their ups and downs, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I, I really love not working nine to five. I love that I can pick up classes here and there. It definitely, I definitely thought about changing careers because I don't know how much money I can make, but I do think it's important to talk about these things because totally. when when new students, when new teachers come out and they're like, I can't get the Tuesday night class at 6 p.m. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Of course you can't. The teacher, <laughs> like you literally have no experience. When I first started teaching yoga, I was teaching 20 classes. I was teaching at like 6 a.m. and 8 yes. p.m. at night and like 3 p.m. Like the worst yeah. hours ever and teaching yeah. seven days a week. Not that I'm advising you to do that because it wasn't good for my mental health, but that's what I did to get where I am right now. Yeah. So like the reality of teaching full-time, I think is often very misunderstood. Yeah, Very totally. misunderstood. And thinking that you're going to walk in and there's going to be 20, 30 people in the room and la di da di da I mean, that is just yeah. not the case. And I mean, I have to say, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got coming out of my 200 hour was initially, you need to say yes to basically everything. When you are offered mm-hmm. a class at the studio 100%. and maybe not, maybe not like, right. Like if you're teaching 20 classes a week, but also when you're brand new, you're probably not being offered 20 classes a week. Like everyone's like kind <laughs> of afraid to hire you and take a chance on yeah. you, let's be honest. So like yeah. maybe you're yeah. getting initially like five classes a week or something, but you don't get to come at it from the, I mean, you can, I guess, but like 
you're not going to be full time as soon if you're just like mm, that doesn't work for me because my mm-hmm. you know my it doesn't meet my brunch schedule on Sundays like yeah, I said yes to a, a 3 p.m. Sunday power vinyasa class that was one of the first like studio classes that I said yes to do you think that I like with the nerves of being a new teacher it's like you wake up and you're automatically nervous leading up until 3 p.m. then you're sweating mm-hmm. bullets while <laughs> teaching and so you don't even feel good until 4:30 on a Sunday you know and it's mm-hmm. just like well shit the whole day's ruined. But I will say, um, you know, saying yes to the places that you want to be a part of that you see yourself growing in the, you know, invest yourself and your time, like take Mm -hmm. classes, like as a new teacher, taking classes and becoming a part of that community there as much as possible, um, I think is really super duper important. And honestly, like, I'm just going to throw the business side out there again. Like, it's not a bad thing to walk up to the manager or to meet with the manager or something and just say like, hi, I'm so-and-so I love practicing here, blah, blah, blah. I'm a new yoga teacher. I would love to be considered. Or do you, I think putting yourself out there, like as scary as it is, I just think back to like, if I wouldn't have like, reached out to so-and-so or walked up to this stranger or that stranger. Like at some point you have to be willing to just like jump out there and like, see what happens. Like the worst mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen is they say no, so say no. And you're like, yeah. And you're doing the exact thing that you were before, you know? Yeah. Well, not only I, I like, I, there's always been a lot of yoga teachers. There's always been trainings going on. I don't know if you two feel this way. Maybe I feel this way. Cause I'm more in studio spaces often, you know, five times throughout the week that mm-hmm. like, there are a lot of certified yoga teachers out there right now and they all so want jobs. Yeah. I mean, like the amount of people that come up to me after class and like, could, you know, like, how do you get in here? I'm like, girl, I, don't, I meant like, I, like, I, I almost want to be like, I got in before the craze, you know, before yeah. like, like every, every person that I met was a yoga teacher. Like there are so many certified yoga teachers. It is insane. And they just like expect to get jobs. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's different than it was when I started almost 10 years ago. It was, I agree. Different. And this kind of leads me to one other thing that what Emma was saying, like, uh, be willing to this, talk. This to is a people. good episode. We're spilling all the tea. <laughs> oh, I knew it well, was going to come out. I told you all I wanted to like <laughs> spill all the shit. I said, let's just get together and shit talk for an hour. Can we? Well, he- <laughs> but here's yeah, totally. And I love it. And here's another piece of advice. Ask about the sub list. There's there, this yeah. is a twofold piece of advice. One, don't try to get a job at a place where you haven't practiced. No one wants to hire you just off the street if they don't know you. So like go there, practice, take classes. And then also like a sneaky back door into the studio is audition for their sub list or ask about getting on their sub list. Now, speaking to Bradshaw's point, like Bradshaw and I taught at a place where there are so many subs on the sub list that it is impossible to like volunteer yourself to pick up a class. Like before you can, you know, before you even know it, your schedule's covered if you need to take time off because there are so many people jumping on that class, that shift. So mm-hmm. yeah, there are so Which many teachers and it's so I have some feelings that I have some feelings about that. Okay. And this may be a little bit more nuanced. And you can be very frank with me if you think that I'm being like a little catty. Yeah. But like sometimes I'm like, okay, I like I do this for a full-time job, and there's a lot of people who don't do it as a full-time job. Yeah. And like, just because they were at their email, they get it first, even though I feel yeah. like teachers that are teaching full time need the money more. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, yeah. I agree with catty? you. 
No, I no, totally I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like I, you know, I only make a certain amount of money. I don't have paid time off. You have paid time off. You you do this as a side gig, which is great. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but like, shouldn't I get first dibs over you? Yeah. Yeah. And also as a business is that caddy? No, I agree with you. But as a business okay, owner, say it too, out loud. Say it out loud. I love it. And I'm agreeing with you. But in the, in my business mind, I'm also thinking like I would rather that full-time teacher who has a following get the class than like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. the, the person who hasn't put in the time or established a reputation because it's your business at the end of the day. You know that that mm-hmm. person will bring in people. And you now you also could yeah. do that. You could have two separate sub lists, which is like mm-hmm. tier one. And if no one can do it, then you do like you email this list. Yeah. Uh, you it's not a hard thing to do. Let's solve that problem for studios around the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a list. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's just like, it's just like, it's like, you know, you have your, your, you know, f- essentially full-time employees and your part-time employees and the full-time yeah. employees that are teaching more get first dibs and these people get second dibs. Like no one wants to sub at 6 a.m. I got asked the other day, I'm going to be completely honest. I love the person, but like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm done with 6 a.m. Like I, you know, going back to the working smarter, not as hard. Like I did the working harder to rebuild in Denver and was finally able to let go of teaching at 6 a.m. I am not a great Mm. human being at 6 a.m. I'm an Mm -hmm. even worse yoga teacher at 6 a.m. So I don't need to (laughs) be doing that. That is my boundary, you know? But Mm -hmm. also six months ago, that was not something I almost kind of had to like think of myself when I you know, started going back in studio in Denver and like rebuilding there. It's like, I did feel like I was coming out of a 200 hour all over again. And then Mm -hmm. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like not to like be egotistical here, but it's like, like, because there aren't the level of experienced teachers here, then it's like, people don't value that as much. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. then, then it's like, you're, you really do feel like you're like back to square one really, really, really. And you're only making that much money. But yeah, I think, um, I think doing it full time. I mean, Bradshaw, the thing about the, like the email thing or whatever, like the other day, you know, I'm teaching a class at nine 30 in the morning. I check my email at 10 45 once I'm done with the class and leaving. And there are three different opportunities that I actually could mm-hmm. have subbed that I would have said yes to subbing those things that would have helped, you know, like pay my bills, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And someone else that I don't even know had jumped on it. And it's just like, well, mm-hmm. damn it, that sucks. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, well like be glued to your email at all times. And Something that I think that I valued in Tulsa is I really did feel like it was more, maybe it was because I was teaching at smaller studios or something like that. It wasn't like, and then you need to email these 40 teachers and see mm. who picks it first. And yeah. yeah, that wasn't the thing. So it was much more like you're reaching out to the teachers that yes. teach the format. Like you, it is on you. And so you're, yeah. t- you're personally texting Sally or so-and-so mm-hmm. someone that like really, you know, like, okay. You all remember like Lillian that, you know, like she was did a our student 200 yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. So she became right before I was leaving Tulsa, she became the person that I was like, Hey, do you want to like, look at subbing this class? Yes. Because I knew yes, her yes. training. And so it's like, I want my students. It felt like I was so much more involved though, too. Oh, like yeah. it felt mm-hmm. like, even though it's not my studio, it's like, 
well, this is like a class that I really care about that 3 p.m. Mm, Sunday totally. class that I worked years to build up or whatever. Well, that's so a like, really well, good well, uh, point. And that's can I a say, really good point. And I'm oh, sorry. Go no, on. I was just say build, building on that. I do that. There are classes. There are classes at the studios that really work for my schedule. And so I tell those teachers, I'm like, hey, if you ever need a sub for this class, please let me know, because like yeah. I live really far away from the studio. This time really works for me. So like, yeah. I would really appreciate it if you were reached out to me first, because I'm going to be here in 85 percent of the time. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's a really great tactic. Like reach out to the teachers personally and be like, I could, I could always do this if you ever need it. But yeah. back to Emma's point, if you're in one of those class times that it took you a long time to build up your following, you should be strategic about who covers for you. There's, mm -hmm. you know, again, two sides of this coin. One, you want to maintain your people. So you want someone who either teaches similarly to you or is equally as likable for a certain quality or whatever it is, because if you have someone who's polar opposite of your style teaching for you, you might lose people who don't come back. And I actually had this experience where I used to always give my, I used to teach a Sunday night, 6 PM, which was a really hard time to fill. Cause like who wants to do anything at 6 PM on Sunday, but I feel like, I know everyone has like the Sunday scaries. They're in bed, they're having dinner. I don't know, but I, I, thought I did a pretty good job of like building up a base following, but with all of the travel and retreats and everything in 2022, I would often have it subbed out to a person who just answered me the fastest. Cause I wanted to just like, okay, I got my cover and I'm, I'm taking care of that. But then I had a few regulars at different times, like come up to me and flat out say, can you please get different subs? Like I, am expecting something similar to you and I'm not getting that. Mm -hmm. And so like I, I've built in this time in my schedule. It's like, you know, my habit to come here, it's part of my routine. And like, I want some, you know, I agree, I, I but want that's a also teacher. a lot of pressure. It's it is a lot, a lot of pressure. pressure Cause at some now, time but, you're like, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, baby. Like I had to, I yeah, it was and last minute. Totally. So sometimes, but I think for me, there were, there were a ton of options. So I could, and I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. noted. And then on the flip side, as a yoga teacher, I never want to be the person that people are disappointed seeing when I'm subbing. Like, for example, and this happened with someone who's come on one of my yoga retreats, Bradshaw, I subbed for you one time. And I, I think it like didn't update in the system for some glitch. And then so I subbed for Bradshaw and they're like, oh, it's you. And I'm like, yeah, don't act so happy to see me. And this is someone who does like my classes and has gone on my retreat, but she just- But that's like, happened to me too. I was not in the mood for, like, for my class. Like, I, do, I wish it was not you. I mean, that happens to everyone. They're like, oh, great. He's here. You can tell by the face. I, I look, mean, it's They so... look shocked. It looks like I shot them in the face. They're so disappointed <laughs> to see me. Not... Okay, I mean, like, get ready to chaturanga, Mary. <laughs> well, but I, you know, I think you and I have like very similar qualities. We're very different in a lot of ways too, but it was like, it's not that the far quality off. Of the classes. This yeah. Is, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. not that far that off that sequences I'm subbing for you. And, I'll, and you used to give me a lot of your classes when mm -hmm. you needed a sub for that reason. But it's, it's when, like an under underground market it's like an underground market it really is because like <laughs> yeah. there's the sub list and then you have like your four people it's like okay but you won't wait i want to say one other thing <laughs> before we get into funny stories because this just reminded me well i have one more question but you keep going i have one more question after that okay so because of what we were just talking about the subbing bradshaw recently posted 
a couple of videos on our Instagram, Kaya Instagram about reviews. So if you haven't seen this, check it out, but it, I never looked at my reviews, but I went down a rabbit hole last week, like looking I at my reviews. I told her not to. I said, yeah. do not do it. But like one do of not the do worst. Because I used to do it. You used to literally make me so sad and like depressed. I was like, I, I used to fuck with my head. I'd never look at reviews. Well, here, I here. sent the video. I <laughs> sent the video to multiple teachers this morning because as I was leaving, two teachers were coming in and they said, did you see so-and-so's class class review? Emma, like, I just love that you say, don't look at that stuff because Jason, not to plug Jason again, but yeah. Jason, Jason did tell us, don't look at your class pass reviews. And I think like, if I were a brand new yoga teacher right now and I went on class pass, it would put... And I'm like a pretty confident person that would yeah. throw me in. I would never teach a yoga class again. If I was a new 200 totally. hour and went on class pass and now I look at them and I laugh. Like I got one this week. You want to know what it said? The instructing was great. <laughs> the alignment cues were so on point. The sequencing was smart, but the flow was a bit repetitive. And I don't know, the lights just weren't my vibe. And I thought, like, the lights were <laughs> I want to like, think. Here's Karen. the thing, though, Emma. Here, here's the thing, though, Emma. Is it's funny, like, people, we, those, those things that we put on Instagram do really well because the, that person is real. And that's what makes things funny. It's funny because it's are, true. It's funny because it's true. Why the fuck are you talking about the vibe and the lights? Like, shut the fuck up and yeah, go to church. Exactly. Or do something else. Yeah. Like, what's wrong go with you? Church. People are like, oh, yeah, no, it literally drives like like literally people like, oh, my God, you really get, you know, like hooked on this. Like I'm like I do because it's so fucking stupid that people are spending their time to do something like this. And moral of the story is I am never getting strong armed into teaching a format that I don't teach because my bad review flat out said they wish it was Rachel. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so if you are strong armed into subbing a format that is not your format just know that you might have a review that lasts forever and a mind that cycles it, about it let the lives on the internet and i forever. feel like we need to do we need to do a whole nother episode on like thoughts on people reviewing classes students and stuff like that but i would also like to say there are studios everyone listen up if you're a studio owner and you and you meet with your yoga teachers and you talk about the reviews that they're getting on class pass shame on you like shame yeah, on you if you unless it's unless i'm it's like every single like 90 percent of the people that take the class are saying this teacher is blah 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 then it's like talk to the yeah student. but if yeah like, you're not eight ninety five percent are great and then you have two people who are just like hated the class why don't you don't last month, last month I had at one studio, 161 five-star reviews. And then out of all of the, you know, out of all of those reviews, only five people left comments or whatever. And Mm -hmm. four of the five were great. So out of 165 plus, you know, five-star ratings or whatever, I get one comment. And then that's the thing that's talked about. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that as like, as studios, like, we shouldn't be looking to the Karens that don't even know to stack their front knee on top of their ankle and warrior two. We shouldn't be talking to experienced mm-hmm. yoga teachers about what Karen thinks about the lights in Emma's class. Yeah, you know, like hard, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I, I like to say what I like to say is water off a duck's back. Water off a duck's back. Oh, that's good. I like slide that. off the back. Do you remember um, what you were gonna say before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is uh, a question 
for you, Emma, just because I know that like just I mean, Gianna knows you better, but I've heard a lot f- about you through Gianna is that you I, I sense that you're you know, people really look up to you and they look 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 at you as a mentor. And Gianna and I have talked a lot about this. Uh, we've experienced people being like, hey, can I take you out to coffee? And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, can yeah. I take you out to coffee or can I buy you, blah, blah, you know, lunch? And I'm like, how about you pay me for my time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is another thing, you know, we don't have to, this could be a long conversation, but like. No, we need to have when, Emma back. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this is another thing when it comes to compensation. It's like, you want, totally. you want to take me out. I'm like, I give advice for free on a podcast that you can like, we give lots of advice for free. Tons. Yeah. We are Hours of advice for free. We're and you're like, oh, let me this. take you to a coffee. I'm like, no, baby, it's one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. If you want me to sit down and like look at your fucking yoga resume yeah. and, you know, help you kind of navigate this world. I'm not doing it for free. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I tra- I charge people for. Yeah. For for time in that sense, like the consulting thing. Yeah. I yeah, charge yeah. like I don't mind that so and so's in their 200 hour and they have questions or whatever. Mm. But like I'm very, very intentional with like if someone's asking for advice, I'm not just like flippantly, just like sort of kind of paying attention. It's like, no, this is like energy that I'm putting in and things that Mm. I've learned the hard way. Like several times. I'm giving you a shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. Like I paid someone thousands of dollars in a 200 hour to share their Mm. five plus years of teaching full time with me. So like, why do, why do we think like you buying my $7 coffee if I'm lucky, you know, like, I mean, Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely going to take me to the, to the nice coffee shop and I'm going to get the oat milk too. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But I, I, again, I think that comes really kind of full circle, Gianna, which is like, I think that people just think this is in in some ways, like it's this like yoga, it's like yoga, it's like a free service. And it's just like, you're paying for my time. Yeah. And like when people ask me, people ask me, can I go out to, to, you know, do you want to go out to coffee after I say for what? <laughs> but but I I took Bratch out for empanadas when I moved to Chicago. So you made an exception for me. Now look at us. Like five minutes. I was like, yeah, it's hard. Bye. <laughs> I I well I moved to Chicago. I knew Bradshaw. I used to live in Chicago. Left, came back, and I was like, I really want to be friends with Bradshaw. I really just wanted to be friends with you. I don't think I was trying to like pick your brain too much. But I bought you empanadas. I hope they were memorable. And then we weren't <laughs> friends for another two years. Full circle moment, full circle moment here. We could almost, you know, if it's so expensive to live where we live in Chicago and San Francisco and Denver, you know, and, and to pay the bills instead of breaking our backs, we could just like let people buy our food for us. And then we don't have to teach as many classes. at Oh my God. It's like, instead of, instead of going on dates and making them pay, we just be like, I'll mentor you for free. If you buy all my meals. Yeah, I'll mentor you for free if you fix my bike. Um, well, I, I, okay, I do just because you did mention court power again. I have a funny story. So okay. my, this is my funny story. So I went to Wonderlust one time, and I looked over, and this guy was shirtless and had a huge, massive core power logo. No way. Tattooed on his upper back. Oh, maybe what? Like one of the original like. And I was like, founders. Yeah. I was like, jaw dropped. No one could see you. So Bradshaw's jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God. And it even said, 
core power, like in bold. That's and I was like, is wow, that is commitment. Branded. I mean, that's also coming from me. I have like a picture of Dennis Rodman on my leg, but like still. <laughs> so did you not. did you go and talk to him? No, I knew to stay far away. <laughs> I want to be hilarious. like, hey, I saw your back. Are you mentally well? <laughs> oh my goodness. You can buy me empanadas. You can buy me empanadas and we can go and talk about it and I can consult you about your future. Yeah, I can consult you about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my Patty, God. you want to see you want to teach me a c2 like also people that go to core power there's like there i never really i've only went to one core power class ever like they, the terminology is very yeah. like like c1, there's c2, there's like jargon like, and they're like you know i was taking like a c2 and like this c, her c2 flow i'm like what the fuck are you talking about c2 c1 who are you <laughs> so annoying. okay I, uh, Gigi, hurry up okay so because we talked about reviews i have a pretty funny story about reviews I was teaching a Friday night candlelight power class. So it's a power class, which means it's literally going to be powerful. It's fast. <laughs> it was dim lights. Obviously we've got the candles going and I'm doing my thing. Like this is supposed to be like semi-heated, sweaty, whatever. Someone read that description and thought just candlelight, it should be like yin or restorative. I think they just saw the candlelight. And so naturally I got like a one star or maybe a half a star or maybe zero stars. I actually, I never saw this review. I didn't even know that reviews existed. Of course it was class pass, but there were two owners to this studio. One who was um, a very well-respected yoga teacher and one that I used to interface with, which was just like a fitness professional. He used to teach like the burn or sculpt classes and he was not a yoga person, but he was the one I interfaced with. So he reads this review. It infuriates him that I got like zero stars because I taught a candlelight power and this person thought it should be yin. And so after class, like the next class I, I taught, so it was like now a different day, totally different day, different time. He wants to talk to me about a class I taught a week ago. And he was like, so you got this really bad review and we have to do something about it. And I'm like, okay, well, what, it, I was like, well, what did it say? And he's like, <laughs> it said that your class was intense and there was a lot of vinyasas. And I'm like, yes, it's a power class. And he's like, yeah, but they wanted it to be gentle and restorative. And I was like, well, that's not the class. And he's like, well, maybe you could just give them a longer Shavasana. That's <laughs> literally what he said to me. I was like, I gave a five minute Shavasana and he's like, yeah, maybe do it for seven minutes then. And I just was like looking at him like, so because of this one review that misunderstood the class format, now you want me to like, oh, he also told me to use softer, more calming language. And I was oh. like, I was like, it's a power <laughs> class. I, yeah, I love I love people that don't teach yoga, yeah. giving advice on how to teach so yoga So I was naturally, like, this is when I was newer no. to Chicago, I was naturally like upset about it because I'm a perfectionist and I like spiral about things and I felt like I was getting reprimanded a little bit. So I called the other owner like the next day who is like a 500 hour teacher and well-respected. And I was like, hey, you know, so, and you know, so-and-so is telling me that I need to do this, this, and this. Uh, she basically started laughing and she's like, just don't listen to him. You're doing great. And I was like, okay, thank God. But like for a moment, 
I was like, are we really? That gonna- would really bo- that would really like, bother me too. Are we going to change things that are? you know, it's in the description just because people misunderstand that or don't take or like, we're literally never going to please everyone. I'm not going to be the teacher for everyone. Neither are you two, unfortunately. And so bad reviews are going to happen. Like Bradshaw and I joke about this podcast. Like we want five stars, like don't rate us anything, but like, we know that we're not going to be the podcast for everyone. We're not going to be the teacher for everyone, but that doesn't mean we have to change who we are, how we teach or whatever. Like I know. That's another funny story. Emma, go, because we're going to be here for six hours if we don't let Emma go. I know. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, just to like go off of that, like I literally regurgitated that this morning to a couple yoga teachers and then like sent them your funny videos of class pass girl and all that stuff on mm-hmm. Instagram because I was like, I just, I think to tie this all together, I think like the community aspect and I'm really, really proud of both of you for like having this podcast. And like, I think of this as kind of like the lunchtime table talk that like, you know, we don't get that really as full-time yoga teachers. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important to like have your people that you can call. And, you know, like I think of you both as people that I can reach out to with like, oh, this is happening or that's happening. And so I think like putting this on the platform that it is and the format that it is, is I think it's really, really helpful. Um, But yeah, I think it's really... Um, it's really important to like have that sense of community around you and doing that. But, um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say something else, maybe with the class best reviews or something, but I don't know. I forgot something. It was something. What's your funny story. Okay. I can't really, I mean, I feel like there's probably a bunch, but like, other than just like, you know, at the end of a hot class when people like pull their knees into their chest and they make the farting noise and then people mm-hmm. try to act like it's not a big deal. I mean, that was the, because I'm five years old, that was the thing that came <laughs> But I will lead this back to like meeting both of you and something that I still a little bit cringe on the inside about. And like I said, like, I'm a pretty confident person, but something that I'm like, we have regrets in life, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> One of my regrets is. In our training, arguing with Jason about how his sequencing was not going to work for my students (laughs) in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I told him, if I teach kind of, you know, this formatting that you're telling us how to teach, like to where you like start with this format and you have this theme Mm -hmm. for a few weeks or something Mm -hmm. like that. If I do that, I literally told him in front of all of you all, I, I remember him. Yeah. For like 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, God, am I, you were an asshole. I remember saying to him, you don't understand. I teach, <laughs> <one person." laughs> and if I teach the same thing. No one's going to come. You want to know what happened? Bradshaw turned to me in the break and said, Emma, you got to let it go. I promise you it'll work. And so I marched my ass back to Tulsa <laughs> and I was scared as hell to do it, but I did it. And my classes grew and grew. And yeah, grew. of course. <laughs> so thank you. I remember you like being, I remember turning to you because you used to sit in the back and I was like, I was like, Emma, you're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I've done it. You're, it's going to be like, okay. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny wait this just yeah. one last funny thing in that same training and because we talked about money today <laughs> do you remember when Bradshaw asked Jason a question and Jason was like that's like a long story we can't get into it and Bradshaw goes I paid $1,400 to be here 
You can answer the question. <laughs> no, I, the entire training was like four thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, yeah, I paid four- over four thousand dollars <laughs> to be here. <laughs> and he, 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 he died. He died laughing. He could, did he, he answer could... the question? Yeah. He yeah, he did. I was like, I paid four thousand dollars to be here. I'm like, I had to hear about. Mary Sue's butt amnesia for three hours. <laughs> yeah, okay? seriously. I remember that person. I remember, you're like, my butt doesn't work. And I was like, I, I love, like- I like, J- J- Jason's definitely not listening to it. But if Jason's listening to it, they're like, when you do those calls, I like, I'm sick of hearing, hearing about, you know, Mary Sue's injury, injury in Australia. Yeah. I like, let's just get to the nitty gritty. Okay. Go to the physical therapist. Jason, I don't need to hear Jason tell you the four ways to do backbends for your fucked up back. I know. I know. It's true. The last catch up call is like, Gianna's like, are you going to the catch up call? I'm like, to hear about someone's shoulder injury? No, no. literally. Nancy's shoulder in the UK. <laughs> we love you, Nancy, but come on. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. It's so oh hilarious. My oh, my God. Well, thank Ugh. you so much, Emma. Let people know where they can find you. And if you have anything coming up that you want to plug, this is a good moment. Yeah, totally. Um, so because I'm a millennial and an older millennial, I don't have TikTok. So um, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram is the way to go. It's my name, Emma Wilborn Yoga. Um, and I post all my updates there. So stay tuned. I still teach a bit online. Oh my God, what? What's that? Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week. And until then, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you're enjoying. Give us those five stars. We haven't gotten one in a while, and I'm disappointed in that. Yeah. Oh, I should rate. I. You haven't done it, Matt. Yeah, we're never having you back. We're not having you back until you do that. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. She drives me crazy, like no one else. She drives me crazy and I can't help myself. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I, I was wondering when this horrible singing. Yeah, I was waiting for it. You know, I had a student today and he was like, uh, oh. Emma, you brought the speaker today. I thought we were going to get to hum in class again. And I said, Palima, I don't teach show choir, okay? I don't teach show choir. <laughs>